Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are so excited to start this series called 2020 Parenting. 2020 Parenting is just an attempt to get you to change your focus, to shift your perspective from parenting to the next 20 minutes to parenting for the next 20 years. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. This was a game changer for me when I began to look past the right now. It's actually very helpful because you can really quickly get stuck in the weeds of the right now. Am I right? Yes, I am right. Particularly those of you who have newborns, I promise your child will sleep through the night eventually. And those of you who are potty training, I promise your child will use the toilet eventually. And then you'll wish that you were in diapers because now you have to go into every public restroom your child sees. That's right. Emily had to go to the restroom every time she saw a stick figure. I was wishing she was back in diapers, but... We just want to change our perspective. But before we get started, we want to welcome in our online moms. Online moms, if you're watching by yourself, if you're watching with a group, our prayer is that you know that there is a group of moms in Austin cheering you on, (laughs) reminding you you can do this and don't give up. You may be watching by yourself, but you are not alone. It's important that everybody um, here remember that our job is not, and this year we don't want to add to your to-do list. We know. We've been there. You have more than enough things on your list to do, more than enough chores, more than enough activities, more than enough driving. But what we want to do is to help you change your perspective, to change the way you look at things, to just help you become more intentional in those tasks that you're already doing, and prayerfully to help you find meaning in those mundane tasks, and joy in the juggling of all the activities, and perhaps perhaps a little peace in the unpredictable ups and downs of motherhood because this motherhood thing is not for the faint of heart. What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to dig deep to find the tenacity, to find the grit, to find the wherewithal to do this thing right. And I don't know if you have seen, maybe you've seen in person, the statue of the fearless girl in New York City. It's in Manhattan, and the statue is supposed to remind us of the woman's impact in our world today. And I love that fearless girl. She is just staring that bull in the eye. And I love especially what the artist said about the girl. She said, she's not defiant. She's brave, proud, and strong, not belligerent. And this, my friends, I believe is exactly how we are to face motherhood. You look that screaming toddler in the eye, just like you take that strong stance and you look at that defiant teenager. Maybe it's that colicky baby. Maybe you have to look over the crib, you know. But you take that stance and you say, I got this. I can do this. I will not give up. And sometimes through the tears, I remember, and again, you know, children are very resilient and, you know, the same God that parted the Red Sea can sometimes remove those memories from those children. Because I remember looking Emily in the eye when she was expressing herself to me um, as a preschooler and I was crying, going, why are you doing this to me? 
And I thought, wow, that counselor is really going to have a heyday with that one, okay? But that's, but instead of saying, why are you doing this to me? What we want is that confident. What did the artist say? She's not defiant. She's brave, proud, and strong, not belligerent. And that is the stance that we are going to take today as we take the mothering bull by the horns. <laughs> that's right. And throw that steer down, okay? Let's pray and get going. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, God that you can give us a sense of humor and an opportunity to laugh when sometimes we feel like crying. And God, we ask right now that you settle our hearts, that you settle our minds, that you open our eyes and our ears to see and hear what you want us to see and hear today. God, we are grateful for the local church where we can gather to see what you have to say about motherhood. We are here calling on you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Uh-oh, try it again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Much, much better. Yes, I need some response today, okay? Because today, uh, now this year, we are going to get into some very practical parenting things about discipline. We're going to talk about how the importance of laughter. We're going to get into the practical, but before we ever get there, we have to start at the beginning. We have to lay our foundation. So today, we start 2020 Parenting by talking about identity. We're going to figure out who God created us to be, because the truth is, to have that perspective, that long-term perspective, the 2020 perspective, as we said, parenting for the next 20 years, not just the next 20 minutes, you have to stand on the firm foundation of knowing who you are before you ever begin. Because understanding my role in this world, understanding motherhood and what that means to me, it's not all of my identity, but it's a significant part of my identity. But that is the foundation on which I will stand to make every decision I will make. Whether it is about potty training, whether it is about uh, when my child gets a cell phone, when you know how much social media, about discipline, about how to get my kid to do homework, about how to get my kid to do you know sleep through the night, whatever decision you're trying to make right now, it is based on, it is rested on your firm foundation of understanding who God created you to be and the role that He wants you to play in your home. So that's where we're going to start, because what you do is determined by what you think. And how you behave is determined by what you believe. So what do you believe about yourself? It was years and years ago. Our kids are 23 and 21 now. But years ago, I tried to involve them. I don't know if you know this, but Christmas truly is the most wonderful time of the year. If you don't know that, write that down now. It's real important for the rest of your life that you understand that fact of the matter. I love the holidays. So I wanted everybody to be involved in the holidays. So very early on, I involved the kids in the Christmas shopping. And so I took Emily and Joseph. I'm going to say they were seven and five, maybe six and four. So I took them shopping for Mac and Mac took them shopping for me. So when it came to Christmas morning, we were opening the gifts and Mac opens his gift from Emily and it was a UT sweatshirt. Mac opens his gift from Joseph and it was a camouflage hat. It was, they knew Mac. They knew those were two of his favorite things, longhorns and hunting. And then it came time for me to open my gifts from my children who know me so well. And so I opened my gift from Emily, and it was a tank top that was about this big, <laughs> that showed more than my midriff, that's all I'm going to say. And then I opened my gift from Joseph, and it was two racquetballs. 
Yeah. My children know me so well. That's right. So a tank top and racquetballs. Well, the truth was these were gifts. You know, Emily gave me a skimpy tank top because guess what she loves? Skimp loved. Yeah, back then. She'd be very upset if I described her as that now. <laughs> but what she loved back then was skimpy tank tops. She used to take her dress-up clothes. She had her UT cheerleader uniform, um, her little dress-up clothes, and she would get a ponytail holder and make it tight and short right here. And I promise I never dressed like that, okay? I'm not sure where she saw that. But she got me something she would love. And Joseph, of course, got me two ragged balls because that was something that he would love. You see, I realized then... They know Mac. They know his hobbies. They assumed that I would simply love what they loved. And the truth of the matter is, if you had asked me at that point in time what I loved, I would have told you, you know what I'm best at? Laundry and Legos. My favorite movie, Frozen, Moana, you know, I, I was my entire identity had become wrapped up in my children. And I knew something had to change. I knew at that moment, and they weren't indicting me at that time. They had no clue. I'm not even, I sh- I'm not even sure I realized the magnitude of it. But I did know, you know what? I have to understand that motherhood is a big part of who I am, but it's only part of who I am. Because if I'm not careful, if I'm not intentional, then my children can become all of who I am. And when we allow that to happen, we do not effectively parent. You cannot, it's much more difficult to allow natural consequences when you are so wrapped up in their identity. It's much more difficult to see our children and handle discipline problems objectively when our identity is so wrapped up in them. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to figure out who we are, who we are created by the Almighty, who you are apart from your children. Turn to your neighbor and say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? That is a serious question. Who do you think you are? I don't know if you've ever seen The Price is Right. Um, I'm dating myself. I think Drew Carey hosts it now. I watched it when Bob Barker, you know, I think they still use that funny looking microphone. Go figure. But, um, th- but what would happen was they would call contestants down. The contestants would run down to the front. They would show an item from the stage. And the contestants would then guess the price of that item. And whoever got closest won and got to go up on the stage and play more games. Well, I thought it was fascinating when someone was chosen because they would run down. Then they would show the item. Then they would turn back to the audience. And every single person in the audience yelled a different number. But they would all act like, oh, okay. And like they heard something, and then they would say the number. And I'm thinking, there is no possible way they were all yelling the same thing. Well, sometimes when it comes to figuring out our identity, it's exactly what we're like. We're turning around saying, who am I? Who am I? And everybody's yelling something different at us. Maybe it's our own self-talk. Maybe it's every blog and Facebook post and article and book. For heaven's sake, you have resources out the wild. And maybe it's all of that. So who do you think you are? We call that when everybody's yelling something different at you about not just who you are, but about who you're supposed to be. We call that chatter. 
And chatter is something we have to filter through to figure out who God created us to be. So we're going to start with some of the chatter. Who do they say you are? Who do they say you are? Everybody has a different they. Maybe there are voices that you still hear in your head. Your family. You know, the role that you played growing up forms part of what you think about who you are. Perhaps you were told, maybe you played a role. I'm the middle sister. So by default, that meant I was the irresponsible one. Okay, and so I played that role well, (laughs) and I embraced that role to the nth degree, but that was the role I played in my family, and so as I got older and older, I realized like, oh, my younger sister was extremely responsible, so she literally picked out my clothes. She picked where I went to college. She said, I think I, I grew up in Mississippi. She said, I think I want to go to Baylor, but I don't think I'll go unless you're out there. I said, okay, I'll go. And so I went, you know, I had played that role. It was later in my life when I realized, like, wow, I'm capable of making decisions. But that was the role that I played. Maybe you were told you were a handful. Maybe you were told you're stubborn. I'll tell you what, stubborn is good if you're stubborn about the right things. Maybe you were told you were lazy. Whatever that chatter is from the home you grew up in. Maybe you were labeled the artist. Max said he knew a family growing up literally introduced their daughters. Here's my smart one and here's my pretty one. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? Something to think about the words we speak over our children when you consider the words that were spoken over you. And here's the deal. When you put yourself in a category like that, I'm an artist, I'm an athlete, you're short-selling yourself. We are made in the image of God. We are multifaceted creatures, always changing, always growing, and you must see yourself as capable of that change. Maybe it's friends from your past or maybe the circle of friends you run with now. You play a role in that friendship group, and that's chatter. They're telling you who you're supposed to be, the role that you're supposed to play. Maybe it was teachers, coaches, bosses, relatives from your past. That is chatter. You know what an overwhelming chatter is that we have to filter through? Social media, our culture, all the blogs, all the books, all the magazine articles. When you see those stars who have just had babies and they're holding their newborn standing in a bikini. That's right, I'm so happy for you. Okay, that, that's, that's, that's great for her. That doesn't mean you're supposed to be like that. When you look on social media and you see this mom throwing the Pinterest party, that is so awesome for her. Here's the deal about recognizing our capacity. I am a better mother, I am a better wife, I am a better friend, I am a better person when I recognize that we are all created with different capacities. You see, God gave me my two children on the same day. September 6, 1994, September 6, 1996. I believe God was so gracious because he knew odds are I'd remember one day. (laughs) He recognized my capacity. And so I recognize my capacity. I embrace that capacity. And I am so happy for you that you have six children. I celebrate that for you. I am overwhelmed by my two. God knew so and he gave them to me on the same day. What a gift. What a gift. You see, I know I'm content with my capacity when I can celebrate someone with more capacity. 
I celebrate that mom who can have a full-time job and get her kids to school on time. And they actually, Joseph, his second grade teacher, literally sent him to the bathroom to wet his hair. She brushed his hair every day. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I didn't care. Joseph didn't feel like brushing his hair, and I didn't care. And I think he was probably doing it because Emily cared so much. And so he would come to the table. He also went through a stage where he didn't want to get his hair cut. And I thought he was, you know, expressing individuality, and he just didn't want to get his hair cut. But I was trying to allow for that individuality. And um, so then he didn't want to cut his hair I mean, or brush it. I know. I mean, wow. When I look back, that teacher, she probably I was probably on her prayer list. But, you know, I celebrate the capacity of someone else and also you know you're content with your own capacity when you can have compassion for someone with less instead of looking at that mom and saying she never ever helps in the classroom she never serves why don't we figure out why why don't we you know reach out be your friend have compassion we never know the whole story You never know the whole story. Everyone's carrying baggage, and they only let you in if they let you in. So be kind and understand that. Give people grace. But we have to filter through all of that chatter, and we celebrate people with more capacity. But if you begin to look to the social media, the magazines, the movies, the TV shows, your family, your friends, your past. If that's your source of figuring out who you are, you are like the person at the Price is Right who is just hearing things yelling and you've got to turn around and make a decision. And so we have to filter through that chatter. Some more chatter. Who do you say you are? Who do you say you are? How loud is the voice in your head? How loud is that voice in your head and how accurate? How true is the voice in your head? You guys know that I um, I do not like public speaking. I, it is not something I was looking for. As a matter of fact, it was something I was running from. Every single time I come out here, I am laughing like, what the heck is happening? Why am I the one with the microphone? And so in my head, I play big time games. And so, boy, I have to really fight the voice in my head saying, you have no business with a microphone. You have no business sharing and telling stories. You have not, you see that voice in the head is real. And I feel the same way after. And I feel, here's the deal. God has a sense of humor. Aren't we glad? And you have no idea what he is calling you to. But we have to hush the voice in our head if it is negative. Because negative self-talk is self-destructive. And it will keep you from discovering who God created you to be. John 10.10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And to take away your dreams, take away your hopes, take away your joy, take away your peace. But Jesus says, I have come, I came in this life so that they may have life and have it to the full. An abundant life, an overflowing life. That is what Jesus desires for you. For your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your parenting. And if that's not where you're living right now, then you're listening to chatter and you've got to step out of it. Because that is what he desires. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Are you just a mom? If you were a professional, if you had, I had a very social job. I was a teacher. And then I was at home with an infant all day, every day. 
Mm -hmm. I talked to my infant about the election. I mean, Emily and I had big discussions about the O.J. Simpson trial. I mean, that was going on. You know, I had a very social job. Then all of a sudden, I was at home by myself. That's a huge change for us to recognize. If you step out of a social job, if you step out of a job where you were recognized, boy, that, I mean, Mac would come home and I would tell him everything I had done that day. And he would say, that's awesome, honey. You don't have to. I go, no, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what I've done all day. We have to realize it's a big deal. Then we have to realize that self-image is important because it affects how we parent. How I view myself, what I do say to myself, what comes out of my mouth is an overflow. If you uh, believe it's Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So our heart is how we view ourselves, how God created us to be, and then everything we do flows from it. So I want you to picture as we go forward for the rest of the time today that you are a fountain. I like to picture myself, I say this all the time, as a tall skinny fountain. Mm-hmm. In my head, that's the kind of fountain I am, not the short, squatty one. I am a tall, skinny fountain. And so, if I imagine myself as a fountain, my facial expressions, my words, my tone, my body language, everything is flowing out of me, everything is flowing out of you, and your children are drinking your overflow. So be aware. Your children are drinking your overflow. That is why what I believe about myself, what you believe about yourself is so important. There are two kinds of self-image, how I see myself. Unhealthy self-image, seeing yourself as you think others see you. As you think others see you. The reality is you have no idea how others see you. But we can assume and assign. We say that a lot. I assume someone thinks this about me. So let's say I text my friend and she doesn't text me back. Now I assume she doesn't like me. I assume she's mad at me. I assume uh, that, she, uh, that I've hurt her feelings. Now I'm assigning thoughts to her. She's mad at me. She doesn't like me. She thinks I'm a horrible friend. She thinks I'm a terrible mother. You email your child's teacher. The teacher doesn't email you back. I'm a terrible mother. She knows it. Now I'm assigning thoughts. I'm assuming and assigning. And I am now making decisions based on those assumptions and those assignments. You see how we do? Boy, we can play games in our minds. Our minds are strong. We have to take that fearless girl stance and say, I'm going to filter through the chatter and I'm only going to handle what's real. I'm only going to handle what is real and true. Seeing yourself as you think others see you will get you in trouble. A healthy self-image? Seeing yourself as God sees you. Seeing yourself as God sees you. We want to deal with what is real. The chatter is not real. The thoughts in our heads often are not real, are not accurate. We want to deal with what is real. It rhymes, so it must be true. Okay, we want to deal with what is real. We have to deal with reality because my self-image is important because my children are drinking my overflow. You must figure out who you are before you effectively parent It is the bottom line. Who does God say you are? 
Now, you may not believe that God's word is real and true and miraculous. I believe that God's word is real and true, that God gave it to man, that man recorded it, that they were led by the Holy Spirit to put it together in the books that we now know many years later as the Bible, as Scripture. I base my life on that. I believe that if you submit your life to his laws and your ways to his word, your life will work better. You may not believe that, and that's okay. I'm going to ask you to look at it as a parenting book. That's it. So just give it a whirl, okay? You don't have to believe cover to cover right now. I'm just asking you to open your mind up to the concept that perhaps God has something big in store for you. So who does God say you are? Number one, he says you are his creation. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things, everybody say all things. For by him all things were created, even you both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, including you, all things have been created through him and for him. You are created through God and for God. His desire, his design, is that you do submit your life to his laws and your ways to his word, and he will direct your path. That's another Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He will direct your path. But you must recognize that you were created by him and for him. And if you look in Genesis, when he created male and female in his image, God is a multifaceted God, therefore you are a multifaceted creature. If you begin to see yourself as just a mom, just a wife, or I am, or you put a label on yourself, you're seeing yourself one-sided. You were created in the image of God, multifaceted, always growing and changing. And you are His child, John 1, 12 and 13. Yet to all, to all who did receive him, meaning Jesus, to all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. So there's your foundation on which you will stand to gain your 2020 perspective. You stand on the truth, not the chatter of God's word. He says you are his creation, made in his image, and now you believe in Jesus, he calls you his child. You are a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It changes how we do things. You see that fearless girl in her fearless stance? Well, my fearless stance, sometimes my knees are shaking, but I'm standing on the truth of God's word. So So therefore, my stance has strength, not because of my strength, but because of his strength, because I know that no matter what, I looked Joseph in the eye and I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I looked Emily in the eye and thought, I don't know what I'm doing, but I knew that I was called to be their mother because God put those children in my home. He put your children in your home. So you take that stance, you look them in the eye, and go, oh, I got this. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. I may not know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out before it's all said and done. That's right. Because we have to stand together. And moms, if you have friends who are feeling isolated, if you, and odds are they're not acting like it, You're going to have to filter through. But you be the encourager, not the competitor. Choose to be the encourager. Choose to cheer on those other moms, not compete with them. God has so much more for us than we can even imagine. 
then we can ask him. His, his goal, his vision, his plan for family is so much bigger than we can even fathom. But we must make the decision to push the chatter back and to stand firmly on the truth. Get rid of the negative self-talk. Pray, God, help me see when I am allowing that talk in my mind. Help me see that. Help me see the truth. The truth is you're going to have to replace that negative with the positive. It's not effective to just say, God, get all the negative thoughts out of my mind. Because now all I'm thinking about is the negative thoughts that I need to remove from my mind. But instead of that, now I've got to replace them with the positive thoughts. If I tell you, whatever you do, do not picture a pink elephant. What did you just picture? Pink elephant. That's right. So instead I'm going to say, I need you to picture a blue giraffe. Now what are you picturing? A blue giraffe. Hopefully. Okay, so get that pink elephant out and replace it with a blue giraffe. So what we've got to do is recognize the negative, recognize the labels, recognize anything that is chatter, and replace it with what God's truth says. So here is what God's truth. I have to do it every day. If you need to write it on note cards and put it in your mirror, if you, on your mirror, if you need to put it in your car, if you need to get a dry erase marker and write it on your mirror, that's awesome. Whatever you need to do to continue to remind yourself of the truth, on which you will stand. His child and his creation. Psalm 139.14. 139.14. It's a great memory verse for kids too. A great memory verse for kids. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Your works are wonderful. And if I believe that I'm created by God and I tell God... I know that you created me. You are, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Then I include myself in that. I know that God has called me to something, that God has put me in this family, that God has put me in this marriage, that God has put me in this home. You must convince yourself of that every day to stand firm on truth. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And sometimes I'm crying. I go, God, I know your works are wonderful. Just one day, could I have olive skin? <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so Ephesians 2.10 is another one. And this is an important one. If perhaps you grew up in a family um, where you were told or you played a role that you're not happy with or maybe you played a role maybe there is a season of life that you're not proud of and you are trying to get past that to be who God calls you to be right now Ephesians 2:10 for we are God's masterpiece turn to your neighbor and say you are a masterpiece Okay, all of you listening or watching at home, we want to remind you, you are a masterpiece created by the ultimate artist. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Yesterday was yesterday. Today is a new day. The Bible says I am a new creature in Christ. Whatever the role you played then, that was interesting and irrelevant to the role that you will play today. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The best way 
to give your child a healthy self-image. The best way to raise up a child who looks at life with that stance is to have one yourself. The best way to give your child a healthy self-image is to have one yourself. You know what? When, when it comes to motherhood, our tendency is to focus on the children. And the reality is, if I take a moment and say, who am I? This is important. I will be a better mom. I will be a better wife if I take the time to discover who God created me to be. That is not time away from my children. That is time for my children. That is not time away from my marriage. That is time for my marriage. I am God's masterpiece. He has created me anew in Christ Jesus. I must choose to ignore the chatter and put the true thoughts in my head. I must choose that because who my children think they are, who children think they are, comes from the overflow of who we think we are. Who children think they are comes from the overflow of who we think we are. So it's a big deal. It's important. It's a choice you have to make. You have to recognize it is worth the time for me to discover who God created me to be. And um, if you go back to that fountain, that's our action item for this week. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. To be aware of my words, my countenance, my attitude, and my demeanor. Be aware of your overflow. The first step you see is being aware. The second step is being intentional. So I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to be determined to get rid of the chatter, to fill my brain with true thoughts. I'm going to focus on these scripture. I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm God's masterpiece. I will face the day that way. I will face my husband that way. And so I'm aware that my husband, my children watch the tone I take with my husband. My children watch the tone I take with the lady at Target. My children watch the tone I have in the car when there's traffic. My children, and I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm saying this to just help you be aware. Be aware and be intentional. Because listen carefully. I wish that my children could say, I've never heard, I went to a funeral last week and one of the sons stood up and said, I never heard my mother cuss. <laughs> I'm just going to say I'm so happy for that family. <laughs> That's so amazing for that family. And man, I mean, that's a great goal for me for tomorrow. That is, that is a great, I, not all the time. I'm, not, I'm just saying my children have definitely seen me lose my temper. My def, my, I'm just going to stop there before I indict myself any longer. But, but that's so awesome for them. I mean, I was like, my children totally looked. I'm like, what? This is not about me right now. But that's so awesome. But here's the deal. I do try I do try, I, just because I know that's happened in the past, I'm sorry, that is kind of funny, but just because I know that's happened in the past doesn't mean that I can't have a better day today. And so my children are feeding from our overflow. Now listen carefully, even if you have a newborn, 
Because you think about how you... This is not about feeling guilty, guys. This is just about being intentional and being aware. So I think back to when Joseph was a newborn and Emily was two. That's right. Picture that for a minute. Um, And so I would hold Joseph and then Emily would come in and do something and I would try to discipline and I'm like clutching Joseph, you know. And because he was drinking from my overflow even then. You, You see what I'm saying? So be aware, be intentional about your overflow, the words that you say, your body language, your countenance. doesn't mean you will never make a mistake, but it does mean that we are responsible, now that you know, for being intentional. This is my prayer for you this week. Romans 16, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. This is the New Living Translation, the NLT. Romans 16, 13. It's not up there. So, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then, the Bible says, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe today you feel like your fountain is like this. Or maybe your fountain's just been spewing slime, you know, or mud. My prayer is that you rest in him and you can change that. Plug in to the trust and the hope that Jesus offers you through his Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you with the peace and the hope and the joy that you want to overflow. His desire is that he fills your fountain and that's what you spew. That's what his desire is, but you have to lean in. You see, hope is not just sitting back and going, wow, hope my kids turn out okay. (laughs) You know, it is expectant, waiting and working. I am expectant that we are going to have a good day today. I am waiting for that, for God to show up because I expect him to, and I will work as I wait. I'm not just standing back hoping, I am engaged hoping. It is expectant waiting. And my children are 23 and 21. I continue to parent with expectant hope. I continue to parent knowing that God is going to fill in the gaps where I fall short. But I'm still in the game because God has called me to be a mom. And once you are a mom, you are always a mom and you stay in the game because... Not one day you figure it out and it's all easy after that. Not that because he's called you to it and he'll equip you for it and he wants to fill in the gaps and you have an opportunity, a responsibility, a calling to be filled with the peace, hope, and joy that God wants to fill you with. And then that is your overflow. But before we get on to discipline and before we get on to how to create a, a culture of laughter in your home, you got to figure out who God created you to be. And that's our goal for us this week, is for you to say, okay, God, I'm putting chatter out, who'd you call me to be? I want to be filled with you so that it's you that I spew. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your truth that we can rest in the fact that you have created us anew in Christ Jesus, that you have said that we are your masterpiece, that we are one of your works and your works are wonderful, that we are your children, that we are created in your image, multifaceted, always growing. 
God, help us see truth this week. Help us recognize that you are God and you put us in this home for this time, on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. Help us see in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you.